All right, welcome to Uncanny Rewind, where we read the comics so you don't have to. Uh, but we do recommend that you do. So just to start off the show, you can reach us at uncannyrewind at gmail.com. We do have a Twitter. It's just Uncanny Rewind. Instagram is the same, Uncanny Rewind. There's nothing there yet, but I guess if you want to message us, you can do that there. My name is Michael. And I am Idris. And we'll be reading the X-Men one issue at a time, and we'll be releasing weekly. Now, every now and then we may have a guest, but today it's just the two of us, and it'll more commonly be just the two of us. Uh, So before we read the first issue of the X-Men, let's talk a little bit about how, if you could even remember, you got into X-Men. What do you think your first introduction of X-Men was? Okay, so right off the bat, I can tell you that I remember, you know, showing up to the laundromat with my mom, mm. and I'm sure every, you know, 90s kid had this experience, but you go into the laundromat, and then, the, you know, tucked in the corner, or maybe in the front, it's the Marvel versus Capcom game, right? Oh, it's nice. the first one. Yeah. yeah. And I remember specifically, and you know how those looked like. They were very, like, all, the 2D animation on those were crazy, and uh, yeah, I just remember... You know, all of the Marvel cast, but namely, I remember Cyclops and Wolverine from that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't recall, you know, Storm, I think, was in that. But that's what I remember specifically. Yeah, that, that may be right. Maybe, I mean, I didn't really play those games a lot, but I do remember them. We had an arcade back in my hometown, and yeah, they had the Marvel versus Capcom, whether it was the first one, second one, or maybe remember the third one on, like, Xbox, like yeah. the original Xbox. But the one thing I remember about that game is Cyclops' special move was, you know, his optic blast, but it was like this insane, like, just an entire laser filled up the screen. Like a a big, big Yeah, big red beam that just, like, pushed the screen. That's that's what I remember about that. I could tell you that the... the, the, It's so colorful and and just animated and, and... like the every hit is so staccato with it, mm-hmm. but you get to the end of the, the the fight in that game specifically. This one I remember was specifically the first Marvel vs. Capcom arcade booth. Got it. But um, you fight go- a big giant Galactus head, and that just doing the Wolverine slash thing, and yeah, you, the Wolverine dies, and you go, go into Cyclops, and you try to you're just beating up this big Galactus head. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Galactus, and. That sounds I, you right, never yeah. win, but you want to find out because you're six and you're bad at video games. You know, <laughs> but yeah, man, that and um, you know the not that I remember a whole lot, but not the first X Men show because I didn't watch much of that. Um, the one with the the Wolverine meme where he's laying in bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch that one, but the one where um, it's like a it's like a early two thousand show. And yeah, well, they, there were two of them that, that happened at that time. There was X-Men Evolution and then Wolverine and the X-Men. It was definitely X-Men Evolution. I yeah, saw. X-Men Evolution, I remember loving. That was that was a great show. Wh- whether it was comic accurate, I right, truly right. don't know. But I do remember really enjoying that show. It, it was a much younger version of those characters. Like yeah. It was them kind of in high school and, well, them in the, you know, professor x's school but yeah. it was it wasn't as adultish than x-men the animated series yeah right 
I can tell you, um, specifically remembering how two thousands that show felt mm-hmm. like really owned in. Like I don't, I couldn't tell you. I mean, specific. I remember the the scene of you know Rogue where Rogue has the uh, white like streaks of hair. She's yeah, like yeah. goth or scene. Yeah, right yeah. and. Dancing, oh, yeah. Much, there's so much many less, characters. That much I can't. less. Uh, not that we've you know met her yet, but much less kind of southern type rogue, and much yeah. more you know kind of gothy. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was X Men Evolution. That's that's you know, just just you mentioning that, I'm truly intrigued to find out if Southern was Rogue's origin. Like, was this character originally? a southern character i don't yeah, know yeah. where that came from yeah yeah no we'll, we'll, we'll definitely well we'll get there you know oh, yeah. <laughs> one one day we will get there yeah yeah that's that's awesome um i actually i thought you were gonna go kind of a little bit different saying at the laundry mat tucked in the corner was a crt tv you know just the old school tv yeah. and they were playing x-men the animated series you know what that you, you saying that you you built so what you did if you know about like the mind palace thing or something where you tuck memories away right yeah yeah. so what you did was you conjured the rest of the laundromat that i didn't really recall that's so on top and so in the left hand corner we walk in Mm -hmm. right the left hand corner had the arcade booth Mm -hmm. on the right on top of some of the washer machines that's insane was the television wow and uh this the crt Mm -hmm. and yes um I remember specifically two things playing on that TV. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe three. Digimon, Oprah, and X-Men. That all makes sense to me. So that would make sense in a laundromat. You kind of just like sprang that out of my memory. And that's really wild because there was a CRT on top of some washing machines, right? That's yeah. nutty. Yeah, that is nutty. Yeah, I mean, that was my introduction to X-Men was the animated series. Mm-hmm. The cartoon. I mean, they... I remember feeling like, wow, this is a comic book brought to life. Right. Again, I mean, whether or not it was entirely comic accurate, I mean, that's that's to be seen. I, I really am not sure yet. But I remember really loving that show. But it's interesting because, you know, thinking back on it, those cartoons and those characters and everything, um, well, we're not going to see for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I am very excited to kind of take a look and see how this series started and see what it was that made it stand the test of time. Although I'm pretty sure that when it first came out, wasn't critical success. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive. I mean, I wasn't there in the sixties, but from what I have read, I know that there was, you know, some changes that needed to be made to get it palatable and, and make people enjoy it again, or even more so again, we'll, we'll get there, whether it takes us a few weeks or, couple of years who knows yeah right off like i can tell you i'm excited to see you know track the writing styles Mm -hmm. the artistic you know what artists worked on what yeah if they return obviously that's down the line but i i like to see because all of these things tend to have storylines to them not just the story itself but the 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 an artist coming back to -hmm. write in this certain era of a comic and the writer coming back and this being a big thing and that writer might have written for something else, and we can talk about that yeah. going down. Yeah, line, exactly. But. And you know, I, I think I think what's interesting is when we get to certain points, we're going to start thinking like, "Wow, this is why 
the X-Men were so successful and while why they are a household name when it comes to superheroes. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about how their on-screen entrance maybe also wasn't as well received or maybe was received at the time, but nowadays, you know, look back on it, maybe not as great, but either way, um, we're all looking forward to the new iteration of X-Men, you know, in the movies. And I'm excited to see how far back we can go to maybe recapture some of that energy and see what might be adapted one day. Um, so with that being said, I think what we're going to do here is we're going to stop. We're going to go read The X-Men, issue number one, written by Stan Lee. And we're going to read it on Marvel Unlimited. They have just so many comics on there, and that's where we're reading it. We recommend you reading along, but it's not necessary. It's kind of the point of the podcast, but you, you'll get maybe a little bit more enjoyment seeing the panels the way we do, and I will always encourage reading comics. So we're going to take a break here, and we'll be back in a sec. And we're in. Damn. Yeah. That was that was quite the issue, the first issue to jump into, man. Yeah, that was that was something. You know, I actually loved just about every bit of it. So let's just kind of, I don't know, dive into how it starts. We took pretty extensive notes, probably a little more than necessary. Very. I'm sure with time we'll just kind of get better at yeah, the like note taking, like, like figure out exactly what matters and what yeah. doesn't. Uh, so w- what was the first note you put on? You put down. All right. I mean, first things first. What what a lot of people will do, and they'll look at a cover, right? So I imagine people back in uh, when this first released. Yeah, 1963. 1963. They're looking at this vivid, colored issue, and you know. 2021 right mm-hmm. i'm looking at this issue and i'm like man uh who we now know is the beast those those are some big feet you those know? are some big feet bro. and um that's true uh, Yo, angel has a grenade launcher right? right right on the top i wrote that down i was like that's not a staff yeah <laughs> that's not that's pretty wild and I gotta say, uh, Jean Grey dancing in the back, so it seems. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. She, nice little no, uh, no mind uh, waves or anything nothing. to kind of just vibing, just vibing, yeah. And uh, I, you know, Iceman throwing snowballs, so yeah, he, I mean, he didn't snow show grenades. up for a fight. Ice grenades. Oh, grenades, yeah, yeah ice yeah, grenades, yeah. They're snowballs. Okay, well, we can jump right into it because yeah, so. I wrote first thing off the bat, Magneto. Uh, that, that's all I have to say. We'll we'll kind of get more into him. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So the issue starts. So we see what's described as a strange, silent man. I thought that was a great description of uh, Professor X. Um, we see him just kind of hanging out in the window. Yeah. It shows. It shows. It says they're in Westchester County, New York, which is upstate New York, which. I have known that, you know, they, they take place in upstate New York, but it's cool to see kind of like a real life location. You know, I think that's something that's that's big with uh, Marvel is kind of showing off real life locations. I've always heard Marvel Comics to be, you know, the world outside your window. That's why a lot of it takes place in New York. New York and um, other locations. And yeah, other exactly. Comics. In his first page, man, he, he calls to... Uh, 
you know, he summons them with his mind. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, they allude to that immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, class is in session, and boom, they swoop in action pose right through the window. I have to point out. Because, you know, the beginning of this is, has a quite a comedic feel. Yeah, right? I, I agree. Yeah, and on this, on this page, man, the first reading page you get... Um, Iceman is just swooping in on a on a stripper pole. Bro, I wrote that down. Yeah. I, I was that, like, Iceman created a pole for him to like swirl around. They have the little swirly thing. So he's he's twisting around this pole. Uh, and it it's like goes into Angel's wings. So you know it's not like somehow he's coming from like the second floor. No, it's this? it's just there. <laughs> but then I also wrote that Beast is flying through the window. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool, but it looks like the window's down. I don't know. I, I think we could definitely get pretty nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about this this big page here. It's basically one image. There's two small images on the top, but it's basically one image. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows all of the X-Men uh, pretty accurately as much as you know they can be not in an action scene. Yeah. Beast is swinging around. He's got his big feet, his big arms. Angel flies uh, Angel's in. flying around. Yeah. Cyclops, even though he's you know not using his superpower, he has the presented and accounted for sir that just that uh, that Militant. leadership yeah yeah, yeah the the you know he he just has this leadership kind of uh, vibe to him yeah um, and then we see just Professor X sitting there he's just hanging out and everyone comes to him so we go to the next page Cyclops and Angel are just adjusting. And, and it's weird because you read this and you're thinking, well, what is going on here? Like, that seems a little odd, but maybe maybe you get it. Maybe you don't. Um, maybe in 1963 you got it. Maybe you didn't. Right. But they're adjusting his seat, making sure his blanket's covered. You know, but, tending to him, you know? Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Tending to him. In which Angel says, we want the professor comfortable while he puts us through our paces, right? So we're about to do some training exercises. But like you said with the comedy... Um, we see on the other side that Iceman and Beast are just like messing around, just getting into it. <laughs> Total opposite of what we get from Angel and Cyclops. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, it's funny because Iceman is is basically he's freezing Beast's arm, and Beast is not about it. He's like, "Yeah, don't do that to me." And yeah. this was this page here is where I actually had to flip back to the other page because then I realized Iceman is literally just like snow just just he's just like a glob of snow head to toe just ice and then snow. and then black and yellow boots that's literally his outfit and i i didn't realize that like he barely even has a face nothing it you can't discern what is uh i know they're mutants right and right they, they right get to describe that more but right. yeah you can't discern any human element from this snow glob right just besides the you know anthropomorphic yeah the legs and the arms yeah and, yeah. and the head and like the boots but it, it it is very odd i i didn't realize he was just he was like that but angel flies over he tries to pull beast back because you know they're teammates you don't you don't want them to fight Tussling, yeah. but iceman just doesn't let up he, he literally he just keeps egging on but professor x interrupts he's like yeah no time for some real Time training. For some real training. And and I thought this was cool because it shows he calls it a lesson, right? Not well he he eventually calls it training, but he calls it a lesson which makes you think, "Oh yeah, this is a school." 
Right. You know, I forget it. I mean, it is a school that they're at. And they kind of talk a little bit later about what the school really, really means. Right. And I don't know, maybe it's just because, like, I would be uncomfortable if someone was talking to me via thought. Yeah. But it seems kind of weird because he says here, like, you're receiving my thoughts perfectly. Soon there will be no need for me to speak aloud to you at all. Yeah. And which we'll, I'll, I'll bring up a little bit later. But yeah, I thought that was that was interesting that uh, he just kind of talks in thought the entire time. It implies that they've been training, right? Yeah, that's true too, right? They've been a team. We don't really know what that origin looks like outside of this is these are the X Men. Mm-hmm. These are the four people. Which we didn't really introduce, but they, they do introduce later. They they kind of start you off with, this is them, and then they do an introduction later, which I thought was kind of interesting yeah. for a first issue. They didn't go right into, this is this person. Yeah. Iceman and exactly. Cyclops. And- but I thought this was a brilliant way to show off the team dynamic, to show off each of their powers by doing these little training montages. And we can kind of go through what they do. Yeah, at first, so... The first of the montage starts off with Beast, right? Mm-hmm. Cyclops manages the machine. And it's like, okay, well, Beast, it's your turn. Beast is like, man, I, I could do this in my sleep. This is easy. And he kind of does rock it. He, he goes right through it just and just like, right all in. right, <laughs> good <Yeah>. job. <laughs> and that was, was kind of it. But you do learn a few things. He's got immaculate balance, mm-hmm. um, you know, pretty, pretty fast with his agility mm-hmm. and, and all of that. It alludes to all things, uh, 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 you know, a primate uh, would do, but yeah, exactly. with the intellect of a person. Exactly. So, Beast finishes, and then now it's Angel's turn. So, we get to Angel's, and I, it, I thought my favorite quote from this, I think this whole issue is, Angel says, mistakes are for homo sapiens, sir, not uh, the angel. Yes. I thought that was awesome. Yes. Um, so we wait. Know. What's the what's the quote he says exactly? The mistakes are for Homo sapiens. He's a uh, Homo superior. Yeah, they they talk about Homo superior later in the issue. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but yeah, he he doesn't bring it up yet. But once Angel says that, Professor X is basically like, "Hey, don't be overconfident. Like right. you're you're gonna hurt yourself. All of this." And Angel, I think it was cool because Angel recognized that he was like, "Oh, you're right. I'll, I'll do better next time." So we see in each panel, he's doing like flame jets, obstacles, mm-hmm. just just a bunch of things. And he's doing pretty well. Russia they they all seem to have a pretty good grasp of their power. Right. But then we see the, the, the thing that kind of knocks him off is Professor X hits him with like a sound concussion. This, uh, not to be overly critical, but this was uh, slightly confusing to, to try to break a piece apart and analyze yeah what what's the sound black a sound concussive wave doesn't uh it's not illustrated in the most elegant way Uh, yeah it kind of just looks like a blast yeah that knocks him like the wind maybe from him and he's not really able to fly he recovers though he he gains his balance air balance you know he doesn't hit the ground and is as pretty authoritative as professor x is He's also very encouraging. He keeps telling them, like, no, you know, do this, do this. Like, you got this. You're going to, you know, you'll be able to do it. Good job. Things like that, uh, which is great. So that ends Angels. So then we move on, right? So we did Beast. Now we're doing Angel. Or then we did Angel. Now we're doing Iceman. And again, I just want to reiterate, I think this is a brilliant way to show off all their powers. Yeah. Because 
this would make sense a a training session and yeah. i'm sure they do these often mm-hmm. you know you you kind of have to train your your powers and things like that we don't know how long they've been there we don't know anything like that now i i wanted to say you know iceman he he wants more from his training mm-hmm. he's like why are you when are you going to stop babying me what i'm doing is is easy so I, I need I desire more. Mm-hmm. Professor X is like in due time. Right now you have a little break. Okay, so what I found funny is Iceman's like you're gonna treat me like a kid. I'm gonna be a kid. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna do a practical joke. He's right. just straight to the point. Yeah. And what I found funny and I my brain didn't put it together, but he grabs this carrot and he grabs. He's like I'm gonna. Oh, first I need a carrot and some buttons. And in my head I'm like. What miscellaneous items to grab? Like yeah. I was just like, first I'll need the hair of a of a jackrabbit and a <laughs> you know a door stop. Like yeah. what does that do? And I'm like, you know, it breaks it down. And he goes, oh, I'm like, oh, he's gonna do a, a snowman joke. Yeah, that's a funny. Snowman joke. <laughs> I I thought just to kind of go a couple panels back. I thought it was interesting. He says uh, he's a couple years younger right. than everyone else. Right. Um. So that kind of shows. Oh, Iceman does. And you see, even when he was playing with Beast earlier, right? He yeah. has this immaturity to him. Um, and it, I thought this was a great way to show it, just the carrots and buttons. I, You know, the, the reason I knew immediately that he was going to be a snowman is because actually earlier, when when we first discussed how he looked, I was like, this guy's just a walking snowman. Like, yeah. I literally thought that. Yeah. So then when I saw him with the uh, buttons and the carrot, I was like, oh. He's just going to dress like a snowman, which is actually kind of funny. So then he's there with just like, just standing there. almost a snowman. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, what, a, what a practical joke, man. You got him. Yeah. And then Professor X just talks to Beast and he just throws a bowling ball. And I just want to say right before we move on is at first I was like, where the hell did this bowling ball come from? <laughs> And then, and then, but you look behind Beast, and there's a locker, and then actually next to his feet is a bowling ball bag, and I thought that was oh. crazy. That was that's insane detail. That's so smart. Oh, I didn't put that together. I was like, they're in the locker room. When did they get in the locker room? I didn't understand that. But the bowling ball bag. Okay, yeah, that's that's brilliant. Okay, I thought it was a pair of sneakers. Bro. Oh, I could see that. That's no, I, I'm fairly positive no, it's the bowling. Ball it's bag. a bowling ball bag, but yeah. I'm just bad at making these things out. But I mean, what what do you think of Iceman's reflexes here? This was pretty funny. Still, um, we're still there. The frost breath element. I'm glad that came out. That was pretty cool. He makes a a. Ref- Reflective Rube Goldberg shield thing Hmm. out of his frost breath that the bowling ball scoops from the bottom of the shield and exits out the top. Yeah. You know, and Mm -hmm. that was pretty intuitive for someone they, you know, nail out to be young. And yeah, they actually say astonishing for a 16 year old. So they actually age him, which is rare in comics. You they rarely put an actual age. Right. So we'll see how long he's 16. I don't know. So the the bowling ball flies back to Beast. And uh, Beast with his, again, I, it's really built on agility. He mm-hmm. has this, like, this. he's really agile. Catches it. He catches it, and he just kind of is playful. You know, it's like, hey, man, 
maybe we'll challenge the Harlem Globetrotters one day. Dates this like okay. crazy. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah super exactly. Dates this. But then Professor X is like, "All right, stop, guys. It's not done because Cyclops needs to go." And I think by this by this part, we're thinking, okay, we really have no idea what his powers uh, are going to be. But he says here, so uh, Professor X says, "Oh, it's Cyclops's turn," and then Cyclops is like. Hey, you guys stop that horseplay. And then that kind of reminded me like, oh, he does kind of seem like that stickler. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's, he's yes, sir, uh, to the T. Embracing, embracing the leadership role exactly. as we know it typically. Uh, right. You know, co- making sure the, the quote unquote boss man is, you know, comfortable and the stickler, like you said. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea what grandstanding means, but B says quit grandstanding. I don't know. It's exactly uh, what what we just talked about. It's yeah, like, that's that's what I figure. Context clues, but yeah. like, but I read it and I was like, yeah, that's an old word. They yeah, don't no say one's that saying anymore. That right now. But all right, so now it's Cyclops' turn, and I really love this image. It's just Cyclops with his fingers next to his visor, and you're just like, what is about to happen? Yeah, this was interesting to me because the whole visor element mm-hmm. I never really you know had any intuition but yeah he lowers the visor and it allows him to you know well he shoots his first blast we see the first cyclops blast right mm-hmm. yep that's um, the first one we yeah ever yeah and yeah the, the visor element is really talked about because the more he lowers it the more he can fire mhm so this is something that is important to his his power. This shield that he has for his eyes, this visor, is going to be an important role mm-hmm. later because obviously this is an intuitive thing that he's wearing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it means something. And I guess going forward, how much he lowers the visor is going to be something crazy. Right, right. We also learned that Beast is the oldest. So we know that Iceman is the youngest, Beast is the oldest, mm. so... Which makes sense. He kind of has this like kind of wise side to him. Yeah, just a tad. It's I. I think his age shows through how mm, brutish he is. Yeah, which that's I true I kind of find that in you know in my experience in older people when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So Professor X tells Cyclops, "Well, your mission is actually to take out the Beast and Iceman without actually hurting them." So he blasts he blasts Beast, and then Beast is like, "Yo, what just happened? <laughs> Knock it off!" But then he goes for Iceman after Cyclops goes after Iceman, and he's really hammering it down on Iceman because Iceman builds up this ice cube sort of shield for himself. Yeah, yeah, and he's not letting up, and he's lowering apparently lowering the 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 visor a little more, and Iceman, you know in his childlike demeanor goes, this is not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, to which it's explained. It's like, nothing's fair in this world. Right. So yeah, Iceman gets hammered and this, the shield starts to break apart. He's just trapped in this little ice block trying to protect himself. And then professor X is like, all right, beast and angel go get Iceman. Right. So Iceman's like, wait, what? why are you all teaming up on me? But it's, it's all part of the part of the lesson. You know, also, I think this also calls back to Iceman just being kind of cocky. Yeah. You know, kind of being like, all right, if you think you got it, here you go. 
you know, it's almost like a, a last lesson for Iceman. It's no longer Cyclops's thing. But then immediately while they're tackling Iceman, Professor X is, all right, lesson is over. We're done. Let's get back to your place. Um, and I was I was like, whoa, what's what's about to happen here? I want to go back to that panel because it's oh, it, yeah, yeah. the the what you what was perceived could be perceived as Iceman getting out. It, it kind of turns into a, a free for all because if you look at the panel, uh, Beast is grabbing Cyclops's leg, hmm. and I can't really make out if Angel's even in the panel. Yeah, but, he is. You can see his wings kind of kind of up on the top part. And I think that's just, you know, Professor X generating chaos because, you know, the the, the field of people, you know, you're you know, you're going to be saving people mm-hmm. per se. Well, it's going to be pretty chaotic. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. That's true. Also fighting other people who have powers, yeah. you know, and Yeah. Uh so that's yeah, that's that's smart. That's that's a good call. So then uh they all, you know, regroup and just listen and Professor X is like, all right, well, then he says, you have mastered reading my thoughts perfectly, and now I shall return to normal speech communication. But he literally just said, like, four pages ago, I'll never have to speak out loud again. Yeah. So I was like, okay, seems a little weird, but all right. It goes to to show uh, in, in in, in the combination of these two last panels on the page how demanding, absolutely demanding, Professor X can make his telekinesis. Oh, that's true. That communication is, they were shook by this, which which is why he kind of congratulates them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But then he says that a new pupil is arriving. Now, when this happens, I kind of rolled my eyes a lot through this. Uh, This this is a pretty 60s or just kind of older generation uh, humor and things like that. And I mean, it was funny, but also like, all right, I, I get what's going on. We can, and I'd say this is probably where I took the least amount of notes because really what it boils down to is all of them are just head over heels for, well, you don't know who she is yet, but the, the girl there. And it's kind of just like, all right, he, I, I guess maybe they are still kind of young kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old, I mean, Iceman is 16, but Iceman's actually the first one. He's like, a girl, big deal. Glad yeah. I'm not a wolf like you guys. He yeah. actually walks off. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But so she shows up and uh, she comes in and we learn Professor X sent her a message, but she seemed kind of unsure of what's actually happening. She doesn't even know why she's there. Yeah, she, uh, her parents didn't tell her what kind of school. She knows she's being sent to a school. Mm-hmm. Her parents didn't tell her what kind of school she's showing up to. So when she enters the estate, the boys... Uh, still in their, you know, as Iceman will put it, their wolf-like, you know, state. Mm-hmm. They they get all jazzed up. They wearing suits and their best outfits. Yeah, uh, a little crossover. They got they got Cyclops looking like uh, the was the question from Batman. That's true. That's funny. <laughs> Which I, you know, yeah, little crossover there. But um, yeah, they get all uh, jazzed up. And we get an official introduction for yeah. the first time. Well, I want to kind of just go back one panel because mm-hmm. I think actually what Professor X says here is pretty important. So she's asking, what kind of school is this? I know it's a school, but what is this? So then he says, I feel like you already know. I know about your unusual talent. And then he says, we have four other students here. And 
you are a mutant. And then I think that's the first mm-hmm. time mutant is yep. is worded in here. Yep. But it says you possess an extra power, uh, which ordinary humans do not. But that's what's in it, this last sentence is what actually is interesting to me. This is why I call my students X-Men for extra power. Yeah. So, okay. All right. X-Men actually stands for extra power, at least right now. So yeah, we do we do meet them. Of course, Hank McCoy, which is the beast, Bobby Drake, which is Iceman. Slim Summers. Slim, Slim. Summers. That again, you know, so much of this is 60s. That's yeah. that is a 60s nickname. Slim Summers, again, Cyclops, and Warren Worthington the third is Angel. And so we meet Miss Jean Grey, mm-hmm. and immediately he's already got a name for her, Marvel, Marvel Girl. Marvel Girl. He's like, Yeah, I already know. Don't worry. Never in my, you know, have some X-Men, you know, blah, whatever. Marvel Girl. Marvel Girl. Never heard of it. Really? You've never heard never, that name? Never. Never. That's pretty phenomenal. All yeah. right. Yeah. So Marvel Girl is Jean Grey. And then Angel welcomes her to the X-Men. So then we go to the next page, and it's really just the three of them, really the four of them kind of shooting the their shot. Thing. You know? Yep. Uh, Beast is like, ooh, you're, you're pretty. And uh, Angel's like, yeah, well, you know. I agree, you know, right. type of thing. And uh, Iceman just seems not interested. And I don't know if maybe it's just a depiction of his age or, or whatever the issue. Uh-huh. You know, it's not an issue. Whatever the uh, decision there is. Um, and Jean Grey just plays it cool. She's like, yeah, you'll learn about me. You know, I, I thought that was cool that she wasn't, she was enjoying it, but wasn't like wasn't I, I Wasn't, know you know, losing her cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In any regard. So then uh, Beast suggests that uh, that uh, Slim, as we know him, <laughs> um, I, uh, brings over a chair. And he's like, I'd bring her the world, basically, yeah. is what he says. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see Jean Grey. She's like, yeah, not necessary. And then we see the chair move across the room. Swoop. And you're like, whoa, what? that was kind of cool. Yeah. Whatever that was. Yeah. So then... We learn a bit more about what the school is and, and all of that. And Xavier tells Jean Grey, hey, go ahead and show off your powers. She goes forward. She shows off. What she does is she telekinetically lifts a book and proceeds to, you know, flip through the pages, puts it back on the shelf. She says that she's not really had any real use for it, but that's why she's here, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, she talks about how she hasn't really been able to practice openly mm-hmm. um, without fear of being discovered, which kind of shows, again, the the outside world of, oh, mutants are feared, yeah. right? She doesn't want to be discovered because she's afraid because someone is afraid of her. So that's kind of a cool outside world. Which, just based on that note, leads us into the next page and the full expose on what professor x is doing here Mm -hmm. what the school is about yeah right he goes on to say his parents worked on the the Mm a-bomb right so that's what they worked on and he is potentially the first mutant and he has the power to communicate via thought and he explicitly says that Mm -hmm. Um, when he was young you know he had an accident which he his legs became disabled Mm -hmm. but going forward he decided that if there are going to be mutants, 
and society is not going to accept them. Yeah. Well, I'm going to build a school for these mutants. Yeah, a safe haven. Right. Yeah. And to house these mutants, I'm gonna build. I'm gonna give them somewhere to own their powers and be safe away from society. That would keep society safe. Yeah. And keep the mutants safe while training their powers going forward. Yeah. Now I feel like this right after this. So we'll just kind of talk about it a little bit. So. Professor X is like, all right, I'm going to leave. You guys get to know each other. Beast is still kind of creepy. Angel's like, yo, knock it off. Because he like goes in for a kiss. And it's yeah, just kind of like... Strange. Yeah, very strange. weird. But then, Gene's like, yeah, I don't actually need your help. And like lifts the Beast up yeah. with her mind. And very so cool. that, was, that was cool just seeing that. And then uh, Professor X talks about how they have to prepare themselves for the mission in the outside world. And Gene smartly asks well what is our mission so he basically says it's our job to protect mankind from the evil mutants mm -hmm. so that's that's pretty much what the x-men are all about immediately implies in the enemy yeah the enemy right. right which interestingly enough is evil versions of themselves and not homo sapiens right but then we switch over to a character we haven't seen yet except for on the cover but this is where i feel like the issue really speeds up very fast. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it was a long introduction. We're literally f halfway through the issue, but then it, it speeds up, and, and I feel like this is just an action-paced ending, which was was pretty fitting in, in my book. But we see this guy. He's uh, all dressed in, like, red and purple. Yeah, the garb um, is crazy. And the garb is crazy. Yeah. Who built that? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But a secret lab near Cape Citadel. We see this guy. He's like, yeah, the human race no longer deserves dominion over the planet Earth, which is pretty intense. The day of the mutants is upon us. So this is where you had mentioned earlier what he says. Yes, yes. He goes into saying homo sapiens will bow down to the homo superior. Yeah, that's that may be even better than Angel's quote from yeah. earlier. Yeah, I'd, I'd never, the play on the S at the end of, uh, you know, homo sapiens, homo superiors, almost rhythmically, like, so impressive. Yeah. Um, we get a panel of Magneto looking at a what seems to be a television screen, and the he, we quote the go, the mightiest rocket of all is about to be launched, maximum security, government thinks it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Except, you know, once it launches. He says, I, the miraculous Magneto, oh, alone shall make a mockery of their greatest effort. That's like, that's perfect dialogue. Miraculous. I don't know. If, I don't know if that would pass today, but reading it, I'm like, oh, man, I don't this Magneto guy. Like, I'm not messing with him. These four panels at the bottom. Well, even five, if you consider the, the big X, Professor X head over the earth, mm -hmm. like yeah. that flow up yeah. until the end of with this, this rocket and the miraculous Magneto. Yeah, I'm just like, OK, I could turn the page. This is okay. going to get good. Yeah, let me you know? let me keep going. Let me keep going this panel Oof. so then he's talking about how he's going to basically move this rocket around and make it make it lose altitude mm -hmm. nasa and the army are like what on earth is happening how did that even happen and they seem pretty shook and i feel like this is where again i mean really now this is where it speeds up yeah we get back to the launching site 
they have a turret, but it's like going wild. We don't yeah. really know what's going on. It's firing by itself. Yeah, and then it's it switches. Now we're now we're by a tank, and it's moving around. And they're like, whoa, whoa, sound the alarm. Like, what is happening? Condition red. Alert the Pentagon. Yeah. And then we see something in the sky. They're like, oh, take a look. It says, surrender the base or I'll take it by force. Magneto. It's like signed by him. But it says it's composed of dust particles, which I thought was interesting because it's like, okay, yeah, there's little metal pieces and yeah, dust particles. And, and dirt, iron, and all that. Yeah. So... The army is just so confused. They have no idea what's going on. They think it's a joke. They're unsure. They don't know what... I mean, it's it's unfathomable. They have no idea. They can't even wrap their minds around what is happening. They've never seen anything like this. Yeah, and just based on that, we get a pose at the end. Magneto's very happy. He's got everyone shook, and now he's going to set off another planner motion. Yeah, because... He's kind of actually, I mean, he's, he's happy that they're, you know, that they're shook, but he's kind of pissed off that they haven't surrendered yet. Yeah, he they're demanded like, Wait, surrender. Okay, maybe, maybe I do need to give them another demonstration. Of right. My power. Which it just gets even crazier. Bro, um, even crazier. Every page turn is, like you said, action packed because mm-hmm. he blasts this energy into this uh, energizer, they say, mm-hmm. right? And you go to the next page, and the, these silos filled with missiles mm-hmm. begin their caps, you know, off the uh, secret silos. The caps lift off, and missiles start launching, mm-hmm. right? And they, they launch from wherever they are, and boom, he's, he's making them crash into the ocean just mm-hmm. based on the power that he's emitting. Yeah. So it amped up. It goes from, you know, the, the, the turret firing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then to the tank, demand surrender. Yeah. No surrender. Yeah. Missiles. Yep. Crazy. Like, that's a crazy step to take. Mm-hmm. Then Magneto's like, all right, guess I just have to go there because they're not surrendering. So he goes in. They're like, yeah, we're going to shoot you. And he's like, yeah, good luck because uh, he just controls metal and has, has magnetism to him. Yeah. So... He's just wiping these guys out, pushing them. He's created this magnetic force field around him, so people can't even get close. They can't touch him, and mm-hmm. he repels them if they get near, or however large he decides the field to be, yeah. just fly away from him. Yeah, exactly. So, again, just takes out all these, all these NASA and Army people, and he basically just says, yep, Cape Citadel is now mine. You guys right. are torn down. And then we flip over to back to the the school. Yeah, and we get more of the little, you know, you know, uh, Jean Grey's in in the, in the mirror trying on her X suit. I'll mm-hmm. just call it X suit for now. Yeah, that's fair. And um, the boys are peeking around the corner. Mm-hmm. More of the, you know, the male female dynamic, right? Yeah. Which you know, dated, but uh, we proceed. And Professor X is like, listen, stop. And, you know, we get a little bit more of that super demanding uh, mm-hmm. psychic A bit of power. immediacy. He has right. just this, like, now, 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 now. He even talks earlier, tardiness will not be excused. Like, no, do do not be late. Right. He's, he's very punctual. Yeah, so then we follow through, 
He's like, I commend your punctuality. I just heard a bulletin on the radio mm -hmm. basically describing what antics are going down with Magneto. Right. We got to attend to uh, Cape Citadel mm -hmm. and defeat him. The first of the evil mutants has appeared, he right. says. So you got to go defeat him. Which I thought was crazy. He immediately knew mm -hmm. what was going down. Yeah. I, You know, going forward, I think that implies a lot. Yeah. But he immediately knew what was happening, and this will be your baptism of fire. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a crazy quote. That's like a high order, man. Yeah. <laughs> But then it gets funny again. Iceman's like, yeah, all I have to do is ice up and put on my boots. Yeah. I thought that was like a good comedic bit to add at the end where it's pretty serious yeah, for they're, like the they're last like four pages. immediately ready for this. They they want this rather. Yeah. You know, they, they, oh, finally some action, you know? Yeah. So they all suit up and that's kind of basically what's happening in this page. They drive to the airport and then they get in the plane, the jet, the private jet that uh, Professor X owns. But then we find out that it's actually Professor X guiding the plane uh, using his thoughts, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so then we get back to Cape Citadel, and uh, they're, like, trying to launch rockets at, at uh, Magneto, and he's got this giant force field. And Cyclops shows up, and he's like, hey, we can help. And they're like, who the hell are you? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What is, what is this? It's a dude in... in blue and yellow garb showing up yeah they're like you know what what is this i've had enough of the antics yeah exactly but but he ultimately is like well i literally have nothing else to lose so go ahead feel free to just try to figure it out so then uh you know they all they all go in attack mode and yeah and we get the the action phrase here x-men yeah. attack x-men attack I, I, that is cool another thing i never heard in my life but you yeah know. i've never heard that either x-men attack yeah that's that's cool um but then we get to uh the force field that uh or the magnetic field rather um that's being created and cyclops just immediately goes with his with his optic blast wailing at it next we have but look so we get that blast on the last two panels of the page right mm -hmm. but uh, another favorite panel of mine, uh, you know, and I'm surprised by this 60s art. The flow is intense. They really, this is why these people were masters at what they do, right? Mm -hmm. The next panel shows uh, Cyclops fully full blast. And it just, the the, vis the visual you have of Cyclops is just his head emitting light. An outline of his head and it's all emitting light. Firing at this magnetic field mm -hmm. and... It shakes up Magneto because Magneto has no idea, and he immediately goes, oh, he's staggered. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, like, falls down. Yeah. He's, like, done. Yeah. And then the entire X-Men come in. They're like, all right, we got to get this in. But you see Cyclops, he used so much power, he, he basically knocked himself out, uh, right. which, which was pretty interesting, seeing that, oh, so he doesn't have complete control and also doesn't have unlimited yeah, power it has a cap to it yeah magneto almost going like i have nothing else to lose fire all the missiles um and he basically fires heat seeking missiles it's yeah. basically what they are the most sophisticated weapons ever created mm -hmm. zeroed in on the x-men and they only basically go towards angel yeah they're just only on angel i don't know if maybe because he's in the air i'm, I'm not sure yeah. But uh, they're flying towards him, and Iceman showing, oh, I can help you, 
he throws some of his ice grenades. Grenades. Um, and they capture they or they they cover the the missiles and take them out. Yeah, since they're heat seeking mm-hmm. missiles, he stops their ability to heat seek. Yeah, and, and I just... show that I see that's like a bit of teamwork there, and I liked that mm-hmm. that growth that was was there. But then there was one missile left. Yeah, and again we flip over to the next panel. Um, ain't well, Angel says I can't keep dodging it. You know this mm-hmm. missile's a lot. B swoops in to help him. Uses his fully mandible body to grab the last missile mm-hmm. with his feet. His uh, opposable thumbs on his feet. Jean Grey commends him for doing so. She tells him to hold it still. Grabs the missile telekinetically with her psychic powers and tosses it in the ocean and it explodes. Yeah. So crisis averted, right? Magneto's mad. He's like, wait, what are these people? How, like, they're young and inexperienced. Like, they, I will not make this mistake again. I underestimated them. I will prove to be their master, mm-hmm. he says. And then Angel calls the X-Men attack call again, and Magneto's like, well, I'm going to just cover you with a bunch of metal. How are you going to fly then? Yeah, which, you know, a little bit of comedy for me because, you know, military base, but all this miscellaneous, like, <laughs> yeah, I, think, yeah. I think I see a tire. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you know. I was yeah. like, well, okay, like, none of this is important. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but Cyclops swoops in. Mm-hmm. Uh, freeze, freeze Angel from all of the metal debris. Mm-hmm. That, With this energy beam, yeah. Yeah. And we, in this next panel, we get Magneto hiding behind this tank boiler-looking mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Well, it's rocket fuel. We find out it's rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to just blow you up. Yeah. I kind of didn't get how he just emulsified and lit it on fire immediately. I mean, I guess. Why is it on wheels? Well, I guess you'd have to, like, push it out to the yeah why was it inside of this is aren't they inside no yeah i don't think that's really ever answered yeah the the backgrounds of these of these comics these old comics are just white just pure color color. yeah so i don't i was like you know i didn't kind of get how he lit on fire but yeah he lights the rocket fuel on fire pushes it towards our our Mm x-men right and big explosion massive explosion kind of looks bigger than I don't. I don't know the scale. But yeah, did Magneto looked, not get like blasted by any way? It's got to be some magnetic field sort of thing, right? Yeah, but we see actually Iceman covered them up, so they were safe there. And Magneto goes to try to find them, like, oh, they're dead. And then Optic Blast, Cyclops, and the team jump out, and they actually tell you Cyclops created a tunnel for us under the blast with his energy beam. So it wasn't just the the ice, it was that and then also the tunnel. So Magneto flies away, and it was cool how they gave it an explanation. They really didn't need to, but they did. Uh, Magnetic repulsion, which was cool. Yeah, this is the first time we see him Mm -hmm. do this. Yeah. Uh, You know, you can assume we'll be seeing him do this in the future. Yeah. But Angel starts to chase him. Yep. He's like, oh, well, magnetic repulsion going to fly as well. And you think it's going to be some sort of air chase, but no. Mm-hmm. Magneto uses the same force field energy to yeah. keep them grounded, and no one's chasing him at this point. Yeah, so by the time they're free, he's Magneto's gone. Mm-hmm. So Angel drops down. They're all there. They tell the army people, well, you're safe. Yeah. And the army 
thanks them. Thanks them, which is interesting, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Right. And then the last panel of the entire issue is Xavier, Professor X ghost head on the cloud saying, great job. Now return to me, my X-Men. Get back on his ship and fly off. And that's it. And that's that ends the first issue, which, again, is just... It's a bit slow in the beginning, right. being introducing everyone, but then once we get to the action, it's literally a, a page turner, and you're like, Whoa, what is happening? What happens next? What happens There is next? a lot of text in yeah. this. There's a lot yeah. of text. So the next issue is issue two, obviously. Nothing Can Stop the Vanisher is the title of it. I guess just a, another villain. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But... All in all, I actually think that was a great first issue considering 60s, which is now 60 years ago. I want to wow. say I want to say 50, but my brain knows that Stuck it is actually 60. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I had quite a lot of fun with this one. First entry into the X-Men, I'm learning that, you know, Angel was a mainstay character. I didn't mm-hmm. really know yeah. that. And um if you know anything about X-Men, there's a, a character missing that you don't really see here in the beginning. Hmm. But you don't really, you don't really get any key. Into I don't that. want you to tell me, but I'm curious about who you mean. But again, I, I don't want to know. I want to just kind of. I want to just keep. Yeah, keep see what I want to see like. what happens. Definitely had a ride with this one. I'm excited to see what antics Magneto mm-hmm. leads this gang on because the the stakes are high. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes next. Well, this was X Men issue one. Published September 1st, 1963. Penciler was Jack Kirby. Inker was Paul Rainman. Writer was Stan Lee. The letterer was Sam Rosen. I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you stick around for issue number two, which will be coming next week. Thanks. Thanks.